Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your love, your grace, and your mercy. We give you praise. We worship you. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And we can stand and go before the word of the Lord tonight, Matthew, the 16th chapter, and start reading in verse 18. Familiar passage. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that uh, recorded words of Jesus? Amen. Talk to you tonight about being the church. Turn to a few people, greet them, amen, as you're seated this evening. Man, some 2,000 years ago, we had our Lord and Savior speak these very words, and we know that as the Word of God goes forth, it accomplishes and it prospers in the thing whither to it is sent, and it does not return void. Uh, and so these red letter words spoken by Jesus, we know that if, if anything, uh, these words are ones that will not fail and will not uh, come back void. Uh, as we know, the whole, the whole Bible uh, can be said of that, but uh, even the more so, the words of Jesus Christ, uh, we should not have any shadow of doubt in our minds whether they will come to pass or not. And this passage, we see Jesus speaking some very profound things here, introducing the the word church uh, to the disciples and to the whole world, uh, but because it has never been mentioned before uh, in Scripture, the word church. And so this is uh, the start of something that begins to unfold as Jesus has uh, been teaching uh, for these few years on on the earth and laying out his teachings and his doctrines and his uh, plans for his church and upon this rock he is going to build his church the rock of uh, not upon G uh, not upon Peter but what Peter had said and confessed that Jesus is the Son of God, the uh, God manifested in the flesh, that there is only one God, and his name is Jesus. And so upon the identity of God and the identity of Jesus Christ is that rock, the word of truth, uh, is the church built upon that. And we know that the church uh, is more than just a denomination. It is not a denomination. It's far beyond that as, as we are connected with in fellowship with the UPCI, United Pentecostal Church International, uh, a denomination that man has put together 
that we preach the truth, the apostolic doctrine and the, the one God message, uh, that the same message that the apostles preach, the one, uh, the one message of the, tr- of the church. Uh, and even though that we are connected to the UPCI, uh, we have to know and understand that that is not where the church ends and begins, that it goes far beyond any type of man-made denomination or organization. As long as they preach one God apostolic, uh, Acts 2.38, and holiness and separation, filled with the Holy Ghost speaking tongues, it doesn't matter what organization it is, as long as they are preaching what the apostles preach, amen, that's good enough for me, right? Because uh, it's, uh, the, the church is defined in the word of God. It's not defined by some organization that man has put together. Uh, and so it's so much bigger than any one organization. We would be doing the, ch- the church a disservice if we, if we handicapped uh, the church by saying only the UPCI is the actual church. That, that diminishes the church and the impact in the world because then it only it puts restraints on the church only as far as this organization can go. But Jesus said, hey, his gospel is going to be preached throughout all the world, amen, and whatever man uh, or woman is called to do that are going to preach it, then, and that's where the church is going to be and reach the uttermost part of the earth. And even if we cannot do it, we know that God is going to use any vessel that is willing Amen. To speak that truth. Uh, amen. And so we can't get caught up as much as we may love our organization, uh, understanding that God goes far beyond the UPCI and, and will use any other uh, man or woman to, to, to preach his truth. He uses nature to preach the, the truth of God. Uh, he used donkeys to speak truth, and so uh, just because we are speaking the truth doesn't mean we need to get so high-minded in ourselves, but God's going to use anybody whosoever is willing. Uh, and so uh, as long as they are preaching the, the apostolic doctrine and truth, then uh, they are uh, promoting what God has declared in his word. And uh, so the church is not a denomination it goes far beyond that. The church is not uh, political. The church is not Republican or Democrat or independent or whatever uh, political party is out there because, again, uh, that puts restraints on the church. That limits the church by whatever man has put together. Uh, and the church is so much greater than any kind of political party out there uh, because the, tr- the church is the unrelenting power of God manifested in this world. Amen. And if we tie it to even uh, uh, political parties, we are, again, we are doing the church a disservice uh, because the church is so much greater than uh, the Republican Party or the Democrat Party or whatever Whatever party you want to uh, put to it, the church is greater than that. Amen. And so, uh, and the church is made up of all people from all nations. Um, and uh, we, uh, we don't uh, promote any particular party, but be, we, we promote the word of God because that's what we should live by. Even though people, uh, uh, they make uh, politics and their party, they make it a religion. 
we first uh, submit to the Word of God, and then whatever else comes after that. But the Word of God is held higher than any party, than any president, than any country, than any kind of government. That's what we're living by. That's what we're adhering to is the Word of God. Uh, and so the church is far beyond all of those things that can limit and uh, hinder uh, what we may consider the truth. Uh, and so we have to understand how far-reaching the truth uh, church is. And the church uh, also is not uh, plan B in the mind of God. Even though the church showed up after he was uh, crucified and killed uh, at the, 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 the literal... Uh, manifestation of, of, of God manifested in the flesh and where the rubber meets the row where Jesus comes to his own people, uh, his Messiah, the Savior, their Savior, and they reject him. And because of that rejection, we see in Scripture now he turns to the Gentiles and opens the door of salvation to them. And it can easily appear that this becomes plan B because plan A did not work out because... Uh, because the Jews uh, have been uh, in, in first in line for thousands of years. Uh, but we have to understand that uh, the, the church, the, the birth of the church and the plan for the church has been set in motion even since the beginning of time. Uh, and it's been a mystery hidden throughout all those ages, throughout the Old Testament and the, the prophecies that were, uh, that were speaking towards Jesus. God knew that uh, this was all going to play out. And so the church is not plan B. The church is still in the front and center of God's will to be done in this world. Uh, and so it is the centerpiece uh, of God's kingdom uh, right here in the earth. And so... Uh, that as much as people can uh, uh, get uh, uh, dismayed or, uh, you know, have a, a seed of doubt thinking that, well, this was not God's first plan, that's not how you need to think about it because uh, we have to understand that this is his plan. And, and God is not ever caught off guard. He knows the end from the beginning. And so this, the church is planned perfectly to accomplish God's will in the earth in these last days. Uh, and so that is where we are, front and center uh, of the world. And if you think about it, uh, what has the nation of Israel been doing for the past 2,000 years? As the church age is here, the church is, you know, 2,000 years old. Uh, doing what it's been doing in the earth, uh, what has the, the Jews done? Uh, if the church was not here, uh, it would be a completely different world, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Uh, what, we, we can't even begin to surmise what it might be, but the church is the centerpiece of the kingdom of God, uh, and, and so we are the active force uh, that God is uh, focusing on right now. And there's going to come a day, obviously, when the church is raptured out of here and then God begins moving into completing his plan for Israel. Uh, but uh, the most important thing right now is the church of the living God, and we need to make sure that we are actively a part of it and being uh, the church in our own life uh, because that is, it is that important to God. Really... Uh, we are told in Scripture that uh, Jesus purchased the church with his blood. 
Now, what can be more important? How can that be second? How can that be plan B? How can that be second in line if, if God shed his blood for the very church of the living God? That's how important it is uh, that the church is front and center in his mind right now. And Corinthians tells us, uh, Paul tells the Corinthians uh, what happens to those who cause dissension and and division in the church, in the church body, uh, many, as he says, many are sick and many are, are, are asleep, uh, have, been, have been put to death uh, because of what they have done to the church and in the church. And so uh, that gives us reassurance that the centerpiece of God's eye right now is the church. And I'm thankful to be a part of what God is wanting to do in this world, amen, and in this city and in our life. Um, and, and so uh, he had to buy it, he had to purchase it with his blood, uh, which makes it uh, that important. And we know that it goes, extends far beyond uh, any organization, uh, and so therefore it definitely extends further than any material building that we may gather in or that other churches, church bodies gather in. It's not, uh, uh, it's not confined to these walls. Uh, we are told that our bodies now have become the temple of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and so the church is wherever we go because we become the, the temple. Uh, and also where two or three are gathered, uh, we are told that Jesus is in the midst. Why? Because that is his church. Um, the Greek word for church means to be called out ones. Uh, and so obviously called out from this world and separate from it. And I'm thankful to know that as Jesus said that he is building his church, that as much as we may try to add our sweat, our tears, and our talent into this, uh, it's Jesus is the one who is building it. He is the one who is assembling and moving all the parts and pieces around and the members around uh, and he is adding to or taking away uh, whatever he has uh, in store because he is the one building his church. Now, people can get caught up in saying that we, that is, you know, my church or uh, our church. And I know we, 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 we say that possessively as this is our, uh, our, our meeting place and our, our body here. But Jesus said, I will build my church. Uh, and... Uh, uh, we know that he is the mastermind and the one doing that. Um, but he also goes on to say uh, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Um, and imagine, uh, imagine how profound of a statement that is and how much faith that gives us to know that no matter how much hell throws at the church, no matter how dark the world gets, no matter how uh, hard it comes against the church, we have assurance that Jesus says the church is going to prevail against whatever attack comes, however dark it gets in the world, we can stand sure to know that the gates of hell shall not prevail uh, against the church, and the church is going to be victorious. Amen. That gives us hope and confidence. Uh, that no matter uh, how much uh, anti-God this world becomes, the very gates of hell, the very front place, the, the meeting point, the place of power and authority, uh, uh, Satan himself cannot even defeat the church. Uh, and so that 
behooves us to make sure that we are a part of the church and in the church uh, because out, uh, aside from that, apart from the church, we have no assurance, do we? The only assurance of victory and the only assurance of defeating the gates of hell is the church. It's not you. It's not me. It's the church uh, body and uh, the temple of God. Uh, and so that gives us the promise that we are going to be victorious through no matter uh, the situation. And as, as hard as it got for uh, the church in the early days, it survived because we are here today because the truth did not, did not get diminished out. The light did not go out. Even though it may seem it gotten darker in the world, uh, the truth is still carried on from generation to generation. Amen. And we are here today because of the promise 2,000 years ago that the gates of hell will, shall not prevail. Amen. Even amidst persecution and, and, and rulers and dictators and, and famines and world wars, and, and pestilences and all of these things, the church is still alive. And I'm here to say that the church is stronger than ever before here in 2022. And man, we are not a weak church, but we are a strong church. And we're going to fulfill God's purpose and plan in these last days. And we got to make sure that we are a part of it. Amen. And so our purpose of the church is to go out and to make disciples, to teach them, to, to make disciples in the world, um, um, baptizing them in Jesus' name and, and preaching the apostolic truth to carry it on. What was given to us, freely given to us, we need to freely give to others. Um, Jesus did not preserve his church these last 2,000 years so that the message can come with us to receive us, to hit us, to, to change and transform our lives, and to die with us. The message is to be, it arrived to us, and with the intention of us passing it on to somebody else, whether it's our children or, or our friends, our family members, our coworkers, our neighbors, it does not end with us, but it continues to pass through us unto somebody else. Uh, and so we are to fulfill the great commission as the church to go out and make disciples and to reach this lost world, dying world, uh, not with anything that we can do, but just with what was given to us is 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 good enough for them if whatever the the, the gospel saving message that transformed our life uh, we we don't need to add anything to it because it has power on its own to save us as we are uh, recipients of that and so just pass it on to somebody else it's all God wants us to do uh, we don't need to reinvent the wheel or, or, or try to do anything I mean we have new uh, methods of delivering it and a different world of technology and all these things. But the message is still the same. You need to be born again, born of the water and of the spirit, uh, Acts 2.38. And so however we can get that message across to somebody else, uh, so be it. The truth is going to be carried on to somebody else. Amen. And in these last days, God is going to pour out and is pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. Uh, and so we are here uh, for that, for that purpose. And uh, we are not going to fade out and die out, but we are going to be victorious in these last days. Amen. The Bible uh, uh, traces all of these steps in the book of Acts, uh, the, the growth of the church, as we all know. We're, 
uh, without Acts, we're, we're really nothing. Uh, that's our, our foundation. Uh, and so we, we know the book of Acts. The, they, they call it the Acts of the Apostles. But really, it, it really is the act of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. Uh, it's God's Spirit at work in the church, in this world, building his church. Um, and, and so we know that the, the author of Acts is Luke. Um, he, uh, he wrote Luke and he wrote Acts. Uh, and Luke, he talks about uh, um, God is with us, Emmanuel with us. Um, but in Acts, he kind of demonstrates how God is now in us. Uh, Jesus is in us now through his spirit and the workings of the spirit of God. And we, we see in Acts 1, starting with verse 1, the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both uh, to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up, after that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Uh, and none of us was around, none of these, uh, none of us here today was around for that, none of the uh, other pastors or preachers that are around and have uh, these uh, televangelists, uh, none of they they weren't around when Jesus was speaking to the uh, the apostles for forty days about the things of the kingdom. Uh, and so, who are we to interject and say this is what I think happened? No, it's all recorded right there in the Word of God, right there in the Book of Acts. So just read what uh, Jesus. Uh, told them, and then we don't have to worry about what the commentators say or, or who this author says and that. No, we have it all right there in the book of Acts and, and the rest of the epistles, what Jesus was teaching them, uh, and that is the truth. We don't need to add to it. There's nothing else to add. Uh, it's, it's good enough on its own. It's good enough to save us. It has brought us out of that miry clay and set our foot on a, a rock to stand and stay. Uh, and so uh, comment, comments from other people, uh, what they think or, or this and that, it, 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 it really doesn't matter because it is all Jesus revealed everything he wanted to reveal these 40 days teaching them about the kingdom uh, of God. And so being assembled with them, commanded that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And so uh, the the thing that uh, we see Jesus uh, uh, teaching the the church is uh, to go to do to also do to do these things and also to teach these things. Um, we got to teach the teach the doctrine, teach the truth, but also we have to to go out and do those things and live by them. Uh, and so Jesus's ministry uh, was all about doing and teaching. Uh, the one refers to his miracle working power while the other refers to his doctrine, uh, doing miracles and signs and wonders, doing the work of the Spirit, being led by the Spirit. Uh, and he also did, all, he did those things, but also we see that he took time to teach people. 
He didn't just go out and heal them and, and, and cast out de uh, devils and, uh, and, and demons and, and all these things. But he also, with that, he also fed them and he also taught them uh, uh, his doctrine and truth uh, through the parables and many other things. And, uh, and so Jesus did not just work miracles just for the fun of it, but he used them to teach the truth to get to their hearts, to get to their minds, uh, and to deliver the message uh, that uh, he had for them. Um, we see that um, in Matthew 13, he says that it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence. And when he was come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence has this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Uh, and so uh, he also, he was, a, he, he was a doer, but he also was a teacher. And he did, he did not teach just to teach, but he, he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. And so there was demonstration through the act of uh, the working of the Spirit, but also with that, the other hand, he, he taught them and fed them uh, the principles and truth of God. And so there has to be a balance between doing and teaching in the church. We as the church body, uh, there has to be a balance in all things uh, of doing and in teaching. has to be a, a balance in, in, in spirit and in truth. And uh, as Jesus said in John 4, the hour cometh and now is when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit and they must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so, uh, again, there's the balance, spirit and truth. You got the, the working of the spirit and you also got the truth that is preached and taught. Uh, and so uh, the balance between doing and teaching, the balance between spirit and and in truth, and so um, people can get uh, uh, off balance in, in, in either one or the other, um, and uh, I think there needs to be a, a good, healthy balance between them both, uh, and so we need to worship in spirit and in truth. It takes both spirit and truth to make a true worshiper, and so anything less than you are incomplete and so there's nothing wrong with worshiping in spirit, and there's nothing wrong with worshiping in truth, but we need both to be complete, right? Uh, I don't just want to be to raise one hand, I want to raise both hands, and that is through spirit and in truth. Um, and so if the Father is looking for true worshipers, then I want him to find me. I want to be in that bunch. I want to be uh, labeled a true worshiper. I don't want him to pass me by because I don't have everything on the list. I, if that's what it takes to be a true worshiper, then we need to worship in spirit and in truth. And so doing can be referred to as works, and that is, um, you know, our faith in action uh, operating through the spirit. Uh, these signs shall follow them that believe uh, in my word name. They shall do many wonderful works and cast out devils and healing the sick and lame. Obviously, that's uh, more of the spirit side and, and, and demonstration and work side, uh, the manifestation of that. Uh, but also 
that's that's a part of the church, uh, a part of a, a true worshiper of God. But also, the, you can't forget about the doctrine that you have to teach as well and speak and, and, and tell others. You can uh, pray for somebody and they can be healed, uh, which is a great thing. But uh, we just don't want to leave it at that, do we? We got to teach them, hey, there's... There's, there's, there's the word of God that you need to know and understand. It's not just all, all works and shows and miracles and signs and wonders. We, we, we want that and we look for that and we need that, but also we need the grounding of the word of God, uh, the other balance of that to help uh, us to grow in the word of truth and uh, understand uh, all that uh, is a part of the church of the living God. As Jesus did, he he, he, he did works, he did miracles, but he also taught them uh, to give them the balance uh, that is needing. Uh, uh, doing without teaching is not the way uh, to, to build the church. Uh, if, if we are all concerned about the works and if, if all we emphasize is the spirit, um, and uh, hear me, I'm not trying to belittle the spirit in any way, we obviously the Spirit is everything in our lives. Uh, it's a requirement. Uh, but if, if the Spirit is all that we care about, if, if our only goal is to get somebody to speak in tongues and to be filled with the Holy Ghost and never focus on the teaching, never focus on the discipling of it, uh, the apostolic doctrine, then, it, it's, then it, things get out of balance, don't we? Uh, and so going out and making disciples means you teach them they need to get filled with the Holy Ghost and be baptized in Jesus' name, but also they need to grow in the truth that has to be taught to them, the understanding why we do what we do and how we live uh, by the Word of God and why we do all of those things. Uh, and so there's the, the spirit of the aspect of it, and there's also uh, the truth, the grounding of the truth, uh, the foundation of it all. Uh, and so only focusing on the spirit and works, you can have a good church service, uh, but um, if there's no teaching or uh, instructing of the word of God, then things can, be, uh, can get out of balance. And obviously uh, an apostolic church is a healthy one that does both. Um, Many churches can put on a good performance, but they, there's no spirit there. There's no a manifestation of God's presence there. Or they can do all that, but they, they still don't even have the truth. Preaching the, uh, and the grounding of the apostolic doctrine that makes the balance and makes the church complete. And so I'm thankful to be a part of, the ch of a church that preaches the living, uh, true uh, word of God, that you have to have the spirit, and you also have to have the word, the truth, uh, to worship him in spirit and in truth. We need both of them uh, healthy in our life and a good balance. Uh, and so uh, those that uh, only focus on works or, you know, miracles and uh, signs and wonders, um, you got to be careful of that because if it's not grounded by the Word of God, then it can go grow out of balance. And uh, then they're not uh, bound by the truth. 2 Timothy 4 says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust they shall heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears, 
And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. How does that happen? Well, if, if all you're focused on is, is signs and wonders, but you're not concerned about the truth, the word of God, you'll get caught, people will get caught up and carried away uh, by this church, uh, you know, this uh, uh, miracle work in church, and you show up, but there's no, there's no, there's no doctrine taught. There's no, there's no uh, truth taught. It's going to get out of balance, and who knows where that goes. Uh, obviously, it goes further away from the church that God is, has instilled and that he is building because uh, there has to be a balance uh, uh, of both of them. First Timothy 4 and 16, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them. For in doing this uh, shalt thou both save thyself and them that hear thee. So uh, it's not the signs and wonders that save people. It's the doctrine that's going to save you. And so people can get so caught up in all these, uh, you know, healing crusades or whatever, whatever you know, uh, guy shows up in town and, and, and they, and we're not that discounted, they may be healed, they, they, they can be healed by their faith. But if it's the doctrine that's going to do the lasting work in their lives, because how many people did Jesus heal and then they never showed up again, Right? Uh, and so we need the healings, but also we need the teaching to, to ground everybody and to make us uh, uh, the strong church that Jesus uh, is building. Um, Second Thessalonians says, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Again, tying the truth to being saved. It's the word that's, that saves you. Um, and for this cause shall God send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned and believed who not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Uh, and so we know that if the Bible just told us here that Satan even has power to do signs and lying wonders and, and even miracles. And so you can't you can't chase the, the signs and wonders and miracles because you can end up at Satan's doorstep. What keeps you away from that is, again, the truth, the word of God. Okay, this happened. Uh, we need to find the backing in the word of God. What does the word say about this? What kind of doctrine is being taught? If there's nothing being taught, then you can be caught up uh, by some wind of, uh, of Satan's uh, plan because it's the word of God that always brings us back to the apostolic truth, the standing and the foundation where we are uh, based upon. Uh, and so uh, a balance of the, both of those, spirit and truth, is what the truth, uh, the true uh, church is. And if we all, if only one seeks works and focuses on the signs and wonders, and they aren't anchored in the truth and the doctrine, they can be carried away uh, because Satan can be behind uh, miracles and manifestations. Uh, uh, and so... Uh, if they are, don't have a love for the truth, what, is, what did we just read? That God will send them a strong delusion that they'll believe a lie. Again, it's not about, it's not, it's not uh, uh, not believing the signs and wonders. It's not believing the truth, the word of God. And so um, uh, we, we need uh, both the spirit and the truth to work together. And they will and they do. 
in God's true church, his one true church. And he's not building many churches. There's only one church, uh, one God, one Father of all, one, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And so there's only one church that works according to the Scripture, and that is you must be born of the water and of the Spirit, uh, and you need to be baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, and to grow in the truth uh, that God has uh, in his word. And so um, it, it can be so easily uh, to, to be caught up in the lie or, or delusion. Um, they, the delusions and lies, they are not so far extreme because if they were so different, people would notice them right away and say, no, that, that doesn't, that's, that's definitely not right. But it, but it has to look like the truth but it's slightly off a little bit, slightly out of balance. Uh, and so just because you, 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 you call yourself a church and you, you have music and all these things, you, you, can, you look like a church, but are you really the church? Uh, and that's where you find out in the Scripture is going to determine if it's a church, a truth-preaching church or not. If it's not a truth-preaching church, who knows where that can get caught up? Who knows what kind of lying spirits can be operating through there? Because it, it's bound, the, the church of the living God is, is founded upon the word of God and the doctrine of, of, of the apostles. And so uh, it all has to work together for uh, the church of the living God. And so First um, John 4 and 1 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit. But try the spirits, whether they are of God, uh, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. And, and you know, false prophets, they're not going to be out there teaching some other crazy religion. They'll, they'll be right in there in Christianity uh, talking about Jesus. Uh, many false prophets and many antichrists uh, are in this world and even in this city Again, just because they're a pastor or a church does not mean that they are aligned with the Word of God. And it does not mean that they are being controlled by a lying spirit or a, uh, a spirit that is not godly. Uh, and so I'm thankful to be a part of a church that we know that, hey, we know what the Word of God says. We know that the Spirit moves and it is an active being and presence in our lives and uh, miracles, signs, and wonders do happen, but, but we got to make sure that we love that truth. We got to love the Word of God, love what the Bible says, and, and know what it says so that we can give an answer to any man uh, that asks of us. Because if we can't, if we can't explain to somebody what we believe, then what, what do we believe? Um, and Second Corinthians 11 says, uh, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. So false prophets don't come to gather sheep looking like a wolf. They, they, they come, the wolves come in sheep's clothing. It has to look somewhat real in order to be believable. And so uh, just not every church is uh, the true church. 
Uh, you can't go off looks. You can't go off building size. You can't go off the performance of the worship team. Uh, you can't go off what you necessarily feel. You have to go off first and foremost by the doctrine, uh, and that's going to determine whether what kind of uh, what kind of church it is. And I'm thankful to be a part of uh, the one true church. Amen. Musicians, if you would come. And so on the, on the flip side of, of, uh, of doing with uh, the Spirit and focusing on the Spirit, uh, Spirit only, I guess, if you will, or works only or, or signs only, um, there can be uh, churches that just focus on, on the Word of God um, and not uh, concern with any kind of works or the Spirit. Um, there's, again, out of balance. People can be, just be all on one side, all feely and wishy-washy and, woo, this feels great. Uh, but they're not, bound, they're not grounded by the word of God. And then on the other side, you can have people who are so grounded and so entrenched in, in the Bible that they don't even see the spirit side of it. That they discount the spirit side that, well, that was for them back then. It doesn't happen today. It doesn't happen in our church. Yeah, because you've, you've shackled it uh, by what you think you understand by the word of God. You've shut down the spirit and you don't even allow it in there uh, because you just say it was, it was not for us. It's for somebody. It's for the apostles back then. Uh, and so um, uh, there that began uh, also is out of balance as well. Um, James says, uh, be doers of the word and not just hearers only, deceiving your own selves. So uh, God holds us responsible for what we do and with what we know. Uh, and so whatever we hear taught and preached uh, in the pulpit and in the word of God, uh, we are responsible uh, to be doers of the word and not just hearers only. And so... Um, uh, Jesus, in his teaching to the people about the church, he talks about the kingdom of heavens like unto ten virgins, and they took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise, five of them were foolish. We know that, we know that parable. And uh, you, you need to have a lamp in order to meet the bridegroom. Um, and knowing that would have come through teaching and instruction, but just having a lamp wasn't enough. You also need oil in that lamp to ignite the fire. Uh, and so, so many people claim to have the fire, but they have no lamp. Or so many people claim to have a lamp, but they have no fire. Uh, the church uh, of the living God, uh, the apostolic truth-preaching church has the lamp and has the fire. Because you have the spirit and the truth working together. What good is having a lamp if you don't have any oil? What good is having teaching but no doing of it? What good is having a vessel but no power in the vessel that comes through the spirit? Uh, 2 Timothy 3 and 5 says, Have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Again, uh, tied up in false doctrine or false apostles, prophets, um, having a form of godliness. It looks, it kind of looks believable. But again, denying the power thereof. The, the spirit is not working there. The truth is not working there. 
but it looks like a, a church. Um, even though it may look like, you know, 10, 20 years ago, uh, we, the world would call that a rock concert, and now, now it's called a church. Uh, how does that work out? Uh, but there has to be the grounding of the, of the truth and uh, the, the liberty of the Spirit to move in God's church that he is building. Amen. If you stand with me tonight. And so we need to teach and preach the truth, but also we need to have the demonstration of the Spirit, and, and, and we do that as well. Uh, and so uh, the truth grounds us, but the Spirit leads us. Uh, we need to tell the world about Jesus, but also we need to show them uh, Jesus. We need to teach them, make disciples of them, but also we need to un- let them understand that, hey, there's a spirit at work here, that you need to be filled with the spirit, and it will lead you into all truth and righteousness. Romans 1 and 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. We can teach and preach the truth and doctrine until we are blue in the face. But we also need to leave some room for the Spirit to work in our lives. Because all truth and no Spirit leaves the the church out of balance. And the church needs both. The church needs the apostolic doctrine and the apostolic anointing to work together to accomplish what God is doing in his church. And that is why the true church is so authentic and so unique because we teach and preach the word of God and the spirit backs it up uh, with uh, as a witness of the truth that is being taught. Man can argue all day long doctrine about scriptures but when the Holy Ghost shows up there's no more arguing is there the 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 Spirit of God is the one that confirms and uh, uh, approves the the truth and the, the word that is being spoken and going out and though there's no arguing with the Spirit of God Uh, And so that is why Jesus said in Acts 1 and 8, Ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. That's how we are witnesses to the truth of the living God, because the Holy Ghost will back up the truth that we proclaim. We can quote Isaiah 53 or 1 Peter 1 and 24, 2 and 24, and how the word says that by his stripes we are healed, but he also gives us the power to lay hands upon the sick and watch them recover. We we can tell them they can be delivered from their bondage and sin. That's that's great to tell them that. But also Jesus said, I give you power to cast out those devils, power to be a witness, and power uh, to deliver them out of those things. And so you've got the word that goes forth, but also the, the, the spirit of God that backs up and performs the miracles, signs, and wonders. And so we need the Holy Ghost to lead us. We need to be let, uh, let the Holy Ghost help us to be a witness Uh, wherever we go because we speak truth in love 
And then release the Spirit of God to do the work that we cannot do. There's only so much that we can do, but once the Holy Ghost starts moving, God can take over and do what He wants to do and go beyond and lead us to wherever He is calling us uh, for that time. Amen. 2 Corinthians 4 and 7, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And so the key to revival is the church to exercise the ability that God has given each and every one of us. We are to speak and teach the truth, but also allow the Holy Ghost to move and to work and to do uh, his dem the demonstration of power uh, that he can do. Acts 1 and 6 Luke records, when they were together, they come together, they ask of him, Lord, what will thou at this time restore the kingdom of Israel, uh, kingdom of the kingdom to Israel? And so the apostles were asking when Jesus was going to come again and restore the kingdom, uh, they were just going to wait until he came. Uh, but he said, uh, verse 7, he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. Uh, and so you're just not going to sit there and wait. But at, in verse 8, he says, God's, you, you shall receive power. Uh, you got to go and wait for the word. But once the word shows up, you're going to receive power to go out and do, to go out and to be a witness, to go out and be a testimony into the world. Uh, and so talking about revival doesn't bring revival. Uh, waiting for revival is not going to bring revival. Uh, but the church, being the church, going out and being a testimony, being a witness, that's what's going to stir up the, the revival fire inside of us and in the, in the city and in the world uh, around us. I mean, we can talk about it all day long, but we also need to be a doing, a doing church to go out and make a difference into somebody's life. Show somebody what the Word of God says. Pray for them. Uh, be a witness to them. That's where God can do something uh, more than just our talking, but the demonstration of the Spirit can show up in their lives and they can heal them or deliver them. That's what the true church is. And that's not just bound by these walls, but we are the church. We are the temple, and so wherever we go, we have the power inside of us to pray for somebody, to teach them a Bible study. That's how revival is started. That's how revival begins when the church begins doing and the Spirit of God backs uh, up what the church is doing. I'm thankful to be a part of the church, and I want to make sure we're doing our part in these last days because church is going to be victorious, and we are going to see revival. Amen. I want. Does anyone want to be a part of what God is doing? We got God's got a mission for each and every one of us, and we got to say, God, use me in these last days, amen, as a vessel, amen, to do that, amen. Let's worship the Lord together, amen. Let's praise Him. Let's give Him thanks for what He wants to do in our lives and in these last days. Hallelujah, we worship you in spirit and in truth. 
up the name. We worship Hallelujah. You. Give us the boldness that we need. We worship to speak your worship him one more time. Hallelujah. We are true worshipers, Lord. We worship you in spirit and in truth, God. We love your word. We love your truth, God. We love your spirit. Help us, Lord, to be a healthy church, a healthy vessel, God, being used by you, amen, wherever we go, because we are the church of the living God. Hallelujah. Help us to be a witness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed tonight. Let's go out and be the church. Speak the truth. And let the Holy Ghost lead you and guide you. Amen. And God will do great things through us. Don't forget about tomorrow night, our prayer meeting at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock.